this is Jude Knoll, and you're listening to the Norse Up Podcast, a production for NKU by NKU, highlighting the expertise of our university's faculty and staff. Joining me is my co-host, Clayton Castle. As part of our NKU in the Media series, we're in the studio with ESPN 1530's Austin Elmore to talk about his career in sports talk radio and how studying at NKU helped him get there. Austin graduated from NKU in 2017 and began working as a producer at iHeartMedia the following year. He is currently the co-host of ESPN 1530's Cincy 360, a daily talk show about Cincinnati sports with University of Cincinnati quarterback legend Tony Pike. Austin, (laughs) welcome to the podcast. Yeah, I don't know if we're going to be throwing legend around, uh, but uh, thank you guys for having me. uh, It's an honor to be here. To be fair, I didn't write the intros. Okay. did, so I will throw out that Austin is an NKU legend. Yeah, okay. I don't know if that's true true either so uh but i but i do appreciate it a legend yeah. or the yeah. uh, so austin let's start with uh, how you initially got interested in talk radio and when did you decide it was something that you wanted to do for a career yeah that's uh that's a good question it, it's kind of it was always a part of my life ever since i was uh a young boy my parents grew up listening to to talk radio and sports talk radio and uh, i distinctly remember a moment it was um the Bengals were playing the Tennessee Titans and I was listening to Brad Johansson and Dave Lapham on the radio. And I thought to myself, that's what I want to do. I want whatever it is. I want to figure out a way to do that. Uh, and so ever since then I was kind of fascinated by it and, and wanted to be around it. And I was probably seven, eight, nine years old at that time. Uh, and so just growing up, listening to, to sports talk radio and listening to whatever it was, you know, sports on the radio, which I still love to do. Uh, that's where the uh, the interest got peaked for me. And I remember back in my days as an NKU student, we were both on the Northerner and mm-hmm. Norse Code Radio at the same time. Uh, what were some of the first steps you took towards getting interested in talk radio? And what was your time at NKU like? Yeah, that was a, that was a big deal for me uh, because, you know, you... When you're young and you're you're going to college, and the, the the advice that I always got, I got some advice from Dan Horde right before I came to NKU, and he said, "Never say no. Say yes to everything." And everybody tells you going into school, get involved, do things, you know, get into you know different clubs. And so, uh, Norse Code Radio was the the number one thing on my mind because I knew ultimately what I wanted to do was was work in that field. Uh, so I was able to you know, get taught the basics of, you know, building a show and and how that would work from, you know, I already knew some stuff from listening, but also, okay, now I'm the one in front of the mic. And and the experience that Norse Code allowed me to have uh, was critical in, in being able to, when you sit in that room sometimes, and everybody did it differently, but for me, it was just me and the listener. Uh, it gave me ideas on how to promote my show, how to talk about something beyond just sports. Because when I first started, uh, I think my my show was called Pop Culture, where I would talk about popular culture. And then I would try to twist in sports a little bit like that. And eventually it became a, a sports show. But yeah, being in there, running everything by myself, learning how to like segment what I wanted to talk about at that age to get that sort of experience was really, really big for me. And how were you able to take that experience and get your first job in radio production? Yeah, so uh, they they say it's all about who you know, uh, and, and that was definitely helpful. But uh, yeah, I applied for for iHeart. I went home uh, back to Sydney, Ohio, for a couple of months after I graduated. Applied for a for a job at iHeart, 
and uh, they uh, they brought me on, and I was you know the new kid just uh, doing all the the terrible hours, uh, overnight shifts for a long time, about a year and a half or so, uh, and, and it was just. Um, it was cool to kind of be in on the bottom floor again because I kind of, you know, risen up and, and got more comfortable at, uh, at Norse code radio and then being able to, uh, go to a huge company like iHeart, uh, and then just start to see all these different professionals that have been doing it for so long. And one thing I've, I've learned is that everybody has a different way of doing it. Like we have nine, 10 producers. Everybody produces a show entirely different way. Everybody operates a board entirely a different way. Uh, and so that was able that that was cool to be able to see that and learn from that as well. So, like you mentioned, you were originally from Sydney, Ohio, mm-hmm. uh, around Dayton, I believe. That's yeah, just was. north of Dayton. Yeah. Uh, what brought you to NKU in the first place? I just wanted to be in Cincinnati. I, I knew ever since I was a little kid, I wanted to be in Cincinnati. And this is a this is a terrible reason for picking a school, but they sent me a, a thing in the mail and it said Northern Kentucky University and I was like okay I've never heard of these guys looked it up and I was like it's what ten minutes from Cincinnati they have a great program uh, yeah I want to go here and that was basically all I focused on after from that point forward and then then I became a Norse. That is music to admissions people's ears. <laughs> the fact that you got yeah. a mailer and you're like, I'm gonna check that yeah. place out. So that that's an awesome story. So talk a little bit about Cincy 360, uh-huh. what it is, and um, just how it's evolved over the years. You know, I, I tuned you guys in for the first time. I listened to three Cincy 360 here and there. It's been mm-hmm. a show on on ESPN 1530 for, gosh, for for a while. Yeah. Um, but it didn't really, in my mind, take off until it was you and Tony mm-hmm. and your guys' chemistry. Can you talk a little bit about the show and the chemistry that you and Tony have? Yeah, so when I got hired at uh, at iHeart, I overlapped with a guy by the name of James Rapine for about two weeks. James was on his way out to a station in Cleveland. I was on my way in. Uh, and so Cincy 360 was something that I had keyed in on early as like, okay, that could be a potential path for me. Uh, and then they ended up giving the show to Tony as I continued to work myself up. So uh, in 2021 was when I had achieved, I had been promoted to full time at iHeart. And with that came the opportunity to produce Cincy 360 uh, every day. And uh, Tony had had kind of carved out his own way of doing things at that point. But I think he thought it was kind of stale. I thought it was kind of stale. And then if you're able to have a a um, committed producer who's also interested in sports every day that can kind of open things up a little bit. And so I didn't jump into Cincy 360 saying, I want to, you know, be on air. I want to be the co-host. It was like, let me support Tony any way he needs uh, and push ideas and help him produce a talk show rather than before he was kind of just on his own to come up with guests and come up what he wanted to talk about. Uh, So to kind of just be his right hand man for a while. And with that, uh, he started to to ask me questions and bring me on the air. And, and with that, we just kind of grew to to being, first of all, really good friends. And then second of all, uh, this chemistry of, you know, working every day together built up to a point now where, you know, we've expanded the show by an hour, which is a huge deal. Uh, we've gotten a lot of support from sponsors, from uh, internally uh, and from, from our fans. And uh, I think it's been really successful for us. 
And on a similar note, what kind of work goes into putting a daily three-hour show together? Like, how do you prepare mm-hmm. to put the episodes together, and what are you thinking about in between recording? It never ends, uh, I will say, especially with sports, because sports are happening all the time. Uh, but yeah, w- you know, we normally get in three hours or so before our show starts, and we just kind of come up with a general thought of like, this is what our number one topic is. Uh, for example, when Ellie De La Cruz gets brought up to the Reds, that's obvious. Number one thing everybody wants to talk about. Uh, and so we'll kind of build out from there. Okay, well, beyond this part of, of this number one topic, what's the other angle to it? And that's was the origin, the origin of, of Cincy 360 was one topic with all the different uh, angles of the argument. And I still try to kind of think about that, but it'll be all these different topics – he might have an opinion on it. I might have an opinion on it. Sometimes they're the same. Sometimes they're not. Uh, and there's a lot of times where before the show, we'll just be talking about something. And we'll be like, all right, stop, save it, save it for the air. Uh, and, and then there's other times where, you know, sometimes I'll play devil's advocate and just try to fire him up a little bit, or he'll try to do the same thing with me. Uh, but, you know, when we've gotten to the point now where our chemistry is as good as it is, there are days, you probably shouldn't admit this to some people, but there are days where Tony and I won't speak to each other before the show starts. And when we talk at high noon, that's the first time we've spoken for the day. Uh, and and that, I think, can bring a lot of fresh, you know, ideas to one another and, and can lead to some cool stuff. But it's a lot of reading. It's a lot of gathering information, coming up with stats to build your arguments, uh, for example, there's this guy that pitches for the Reds. His name is Ian Jabot. I think he's terrible. Uh, and, you know, I, I can't just say that he's terrible and not back it up. So I'm going and looking at all these different high leverage situations where he's he's awful. Uh, and so that sort of stuff and kind of coming up with every day we, we have a sheet that we fill out of like, all right, hour one, segment one, hour two. So nine times out of 10 doesn't exactly go that way, but that's at least like gathering all the information on, on whatever we want to talk about. So the way that I describe Cincy 360 to people, um, cause you know, I'm an av- avid listener, <laughs> um, is like you said, Pat McAfee, Pat McAfee meets like the Bob and Tom show Okay. because you guys are for, both you and Tony are just naturally funny and Mo, uh, but you also have characters uh-huh. pr- primarily in talkbacks. Yeah. Uh, can you talk a little bit about the talkback segment, how uh-huh. that got started and how that evolved over, over the last couple of years? Yeah, it's kind of exploded into something that uh, nobody really thought that uh, it was going to be. Uh, iHeart, to their credit, came up with this system where you can basically leave a voice message for any station across all iHeart platforms. And they were promoting this and pushing this to us. And so it was in the middle of uh, a terrible red season when they were losing a hundred games. And we're like, you know what, let's try out this feature. Let's challenge our listeners uh, to contribute to the show. And I think we were just goofing around one day and we're like, give us your best impression. And next thing you know, we're just full of these messages people have left for us, you know, impersonating presidents or actors or athletes or personalities, whatever it might be. And uh, it's just exploded. And now for over a year, probably about a year, uh, we've been just doing this segment every day. And it's come with these people that are now mainstays as part of the show. Uh, We had an election for a president. We elected a talkback president. And ironically... 
a guy who does a wonderful Ronald Reagan impression won the election. We had a vote in the whole nine yards. And it's just a fun way to break it up where it's not you're not just getting beat over the head with sports all the time. You're also, you know, getting these funny opinions, these funny impressions. But, you know, it's still loosely related to sports, but it's also might be something that's going on in the world or, you know, talking about today on our show, we the day that we're recording this, we talked about Tony painting his deck and how that's a pain in the butt for him. Uh, so it's just not always sports. It's just life. It's just two guys hanging out, which is uh, makes it really fun. On the other side of the river, the Cincinnati Reds uh-huh. are having a pretty big moment. And you were there to see Ellie De La Cruz's debut game yesterday. Yeah. How was that? Uh, it was really, really cool. It was, uh, I continue to struggle to find the words to describe it uh, because I, I've never at any point in my life stood up for a, an at bat in the first <laughs> inning. But everybody in the stadium was doing it. And I, I think the announced attendance was something like 22,000. But it felt like a full stadium. And I think it was because everybody was in their seat. Instead of being 22,000 people with people mulling around in the shop and at concession stands, there's 22,000 people in their seats because they wanted to watch that guy play. Uh, and the energy like that is nothing I have ever seen inside a inside Great American Ballpark in the regular season, opening day included. I've never been to a postseason game. But I can imagine it, it was something like that. And, and just it, it felt like and, and everybody that I've talked to both around the organization and, 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 and in our business is that felt like a turning point for the team that desperately needed it. Uh, and so hopefully with whatever happens over the next uh, couple of months or couple of years, we can look back on the night that Ellie got here and say that's when the Reds turned the corner. Real quick, before we let you go, let's talk about the other team on the other side of the banks, the Cincinnati <laughs> Bengals. Um, fortunately, Joe Burrow's not going to be on the cover of Madden, which mm-hmm. kind of sucks. Um, but talk <laughs> a lot about the the momentum of this team. They've been to a Super Bowl. Yeah. They've been to two AFC Championship games. Um, when are they going to win the Super Bowl? Uh, I would hope for it to be in February, so just a couple months from right now in Las Vegas. Uh, it, it does feel like, and you don't want to be – you know, that guy, but it's like, it does feel like it's going to happen over the next couple of years. Uh, and Joe Burrow said something really, really great a couple of uh, months ago. He's like, the, the Super Bowl window is my entire career. And I don't know that I've ever believed an athlete more than when he said that, because I think that's what he truly believes. I think that's what the organization believes. And so to, to have a guy like that uh, leading your team is critically important to, to reaching that mountaintop. Uh, and it's difficult in the NFL to to do it. And so that means there's going to be difficult decisions like there was this offseason with Jesse Bates leaving and Von Bell and Hayden Hurst. There's going to be difficult decisions in the future. Maybe it's Jonah Williams. Maybe it's T. Higgins. Maybe it's Joe Mixon. Uh, but to have that guy leading your team, and I think coupling that with Zach Taylor, who has proven that he, he does, does things the right way, both on the field, off the field, in that locker room, uh, I, I just feel like it's going to happen sooner rather than later. And as long as Burrow is around, it, it's going to have a chance to happen every year, which, you know, growing up listening to the Bengals and Brad Johansson and Dave Lapham, that was never really a possibility. Uh, and, and even during the Marvin Lewis era, it's just like, yeah, okay, they'll, they're okay. Uh, but now it's like, you know, should I be looking at hotels in Las Vegas in February? Are we going to drive out there? Like, what's it going to look like? And, uh, that's a, I mean, even watching them in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, just surreal to me to, to sit back and think about it. And, uh, 
man, I, I think if there is a year that it's going to happen, I think it could be this year. All right. Well, Austin, we'll let you go. Uh, this has been a blast. Thank you for coming on the Northside yeah. Podcast. Thank you guys so much for having me. This has been another episode of the Northside Podcast. As always, you can follow us on social media, um, on the NKU Magazine Twitter account at NKU Magazine, or the main NKU social media accounts at nku.edu, or simply Northern Kentucky University. You can catch the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If we're not on there, let us know, and we will get on there. This has been Austin Elmore, co-host of Cincy 360 <laughs> on ESPN 1530 here in Cincinnati. And Austin, before we let you go, why don't you give us one more Norse up? Norse up! Norse up!